Greetings from Yakima. I'd like to read in Psalm 126, read the fifth and sixth verse. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and reapeth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Winning a soul is a great privilege of a Christian. It's one of the greatest joys a person can have. And yet, if you look at this scripture and referring to working hard in the vineyard of the Lord, you'll find it's weeping involved. And I, my mind goes back to when I, our first pastorate in, in Eureka, California. There was a lady there that uh, has a real burden for souls. And when someone would come in and pray and get saved, I know this one young lady uh, came in and got saved, and she just latched on to her and mentored her and worked with her and even taught her how to sew and worked hard. And uh, about six months, she fell away. And what I saw in this dear lady in the church, it's like she was going through grieving, like one of her own loved ones had died. And so when you've got a burden for souls, there are times where you're going to see weeping. But as I thought... She hadn't seen the last chapter yet. There's a day coming when she's going to see sheaves to present the Savior's feet. There is no greater happiness in rejoicing than seeing someone that you've spoken to, you've prayed with, and uh, you've cared for, converted to Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul called the Christians in the church of Philippi when he stated uh, in Philippi, Philippians 4.1, Therefore, my beloved, dearly beloved, and long for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. You see, he has a burden. You can see his heart he had in his converts. Again, at the church in Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians 2.19 and 20, For what is our hope? Our joy, our crown, our rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming. For ye are our glory and joy. Those are tender words. But a person has a burden for souls, has a passion for souls. You can feel that in Paul. And all the way through the Bible you see this reference here. What more joy can a Christian have at New Year's in setting a commitment or um, perhaps a a, a determination through 2018 to win a soul for the Lord? And I've heard it say, well, don't set your, your commitments too high. You can't attain it. But let me tell you something. I know from experience that when you win a soul for the Lord, you don't have to worry about what happens after that. It changes your life. The greatest achievement in life and the most rewarding assignment for a Christian is winning the lost. I was a junior in high school walking home on the sidewalk with a fellow student from the school and he asked me about the church I was attending. I explained a little bit about it and I, then I began to give him my testimony and I would just casually give him my testimony, not really um, concentrating too much on it And I remember I looked over at him and tears were coming down his face. It scared the life out of me. I was just a young boy. I'd never seen anything like that before. I said, oh no, the Lord's talking to him. What do I do now? 
Well, the Lord has taken over. I didn't have to do anything. But that, that brought to my mind and started registering in my heart a passion for souls. Just as a young, young man, um, man apart from Christ is in a terrible situation with great consequences, both in this life and the life to come. And it's our job to let them know that there's a, there's a difference in this life, that we can give our life to the Lord. In Thessalonians 2, the first part of the 12th verse, it says, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Mankind without Christ is hopeless. He's a person uh, without any hope, passing through this world and only ending up in destruction. The last part of that 12th verse says, having no hope and without God in this world. So we've got a job to do. God has kept us here after we've been saved for a purpose of winning the lost and letting them know our neighbors. And certainly as parents, our primary goal and mission is to see our children become Christians. And I heard just the last couple of weeks right here in Portland that there was a parent that was concerned about his child. They didn't seem to have a hunger for the Lord. And yet, they were rejoicing here a couple of weeks ago because they came into the bedroom and said, I want to get saved. And they knelt down and gave their life to the Lord. There's nothing greater to a parent that's a Christian to have that happen to them. I'd like to talk about the different dimensions of the joy of a soul winner. First of all, winning brings joy to God. Winning a soul to, brings joy to God. The story of the prodigal son is typified by the father. Um, when the prodigal returns, note what the father says to the prodigal in Luke 15:32. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy son was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. God takes great delight in the joy of those who repent those who embrace Christ and the price he paid on the cross. The next one I want to talk about is the soul winning brings joy in heaven. Not only does God rejoice, but all heaven rejoices when a soul is one to the Lord. In Luke 15, 7 it says, I say unto you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Then we go down to the tenth verse and it emphasizes the whole point. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God, in the angels of God over one sinner that repents. When the lost are found, even one of them is found. All heaven rejoices, and there's a great celebration. We can, it's no wonder the inhabitants of heaven or were really rejoicing when they see Christians go out and win souls. Because that's what stirs up all heaven over one soul that gets saved. So how important it should be for us. I'd like to ask you a question. How many times have we been brought much joy to the angels. Just think about it. While I was stationed in Fort Lewis, Texas, I was in the Army. 
had a chance to witness to a young man and uh, told him about the Lord and how to get saved. and He knew very little about it. But a few weeks later, we took a 3D pass up to Dallas, Texas. And in that hotel room, we were talking about the Lord. And I just felt that, that moment of time that changed his life and changed mine. I felt it was time. And I said, Dennis, would you like to get on your knees and give God your life right now? He dropped to his knees and we had a prayer meeting. He got wonderfully saved. He was instantly changed. He's saved today. But he had also changed me. Because what happened right there affected my whole life. It's never been the same since. All the way through when I was seeking for my baptism, there's determination. I want to be a witness for the Lord. I want to be able to feel God's presence when I'm talking to somebody. Without the Spirit of God, none can get saved. And I remember one night, and I was seeking my baptism, it was close to 12 o'clock at night. And it just seemed like God showed me like a maze. And I was standing at a Y, and all the people were coming by me. And there was split in the, in the road there. One went off to a cliff they couldn't see, and the other one was going up this way to heaven. And I was trying to expound to them, don't go that way, you'll go over a cliff. And they, it's like they were deaf, they weren't listening to me. And God was showing me, you need God's Spirit in your life. And that was a desperate cry of hunger. got a hold of me that night, and I received my baptism before that night was over. But it was because of a burden for souls. It's not that I didn't have any spirit at all, because there is a Spirit of God that comes in due to a measure at salvation. So you don't say, I can't witness because I don't have the Spirit of God. No, we always want to have the Spirit of God. When we're saved, there's a measure of of the Spirit of God. We're sanctified. There's even more of a measure. But God wants us to have it all, doesn't He? So, this is the wonderful time. In that moment, He gave God His life. Number three, a soul winning brings joy to the convert. Well, we already talked a little bit about that, but note that after the water baptism of the Ethiopian eunuch, The Bible says in Acts 8.39, He went on His way rejoicing. There was joy. The joy of His discovery of God's truth and and His consequent obedience and the release from sin and the new life and hope of eternal life. That brought great joy to Him. I remember I was in the seventh grade. We lived in Chehalis. I don't know who she was, but one of the young ladies invited their friend to church on Sunday morning in Chehalis. She had never been in our church before. God spoke to her heart in that service. And just a young boy, I remember I was, I was there at the altar and saw it happen. She came down and prayed. God came into her life and saved her marvelously. She looked up and tears were coming down her face and she had a smile on her face. She says, why didn't anybody tell me about this before? And I remember her expounding that to me. And it was just, well, I've heard about it all my life. Just a young boy. That's what God can do. There's joy in salvation. Remember King David. We all pretty much know the scripture in Psalm 51, 12. It says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Sin had come into his life. And he was struggling for a long time getting that joy that he once had. 
But then you look back here. I want to take a look here at the 89th verse here. It says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. They have done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have gotten Him the victory. Then he goes on talking about salvation. So he found that joy. And you can find as you go through Psalms, you can see a change in David's life when he got that victory again. That joy began to come over and he began to rejoice in the Lord again. That's what it's all about. Soul winning brings joy to the soul winner. There is many joys that thrills and experience of a Christian in their life. But there's none greater than when you have a chance to win someone to the Lord. I know we talked about this on our Christmas outing with the Worthington family. And we were going back and rehearsing times and we were down at the altar praying with somebody who had a chance to witness with somebody. And it will revolutionize your life. It's very important. It's a great thing. Let's repeat that one verse here in uh, Psalm 126.6. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. There's joy to the soul winner. And there's joy to other Christians. When Paul and Barnabas reported the conversion of the Gentiles on their trip, and they came back and told them, it said here in Acts 15.3, they caused great joy to all the brethren. You know, when you stand up and say, I got saved, or you prayed with somebody and they got saved, it brings joy to everyone. we just been hearing about uh, those who received their bap- uh, water baptism over in India. It brings joy to hear about those things, doesn't it? God's faithful saints greatly rejoice at the news of salvation. We see things progressing in the gospel. We rejoice in that. In Luke 19.10 it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus is the soul winner. He sought sinners. He didn't wait for them to come to Him. He went out to them. And He expects us as Christians to be Christ-like in doing that great thing. A A few years ago, several of us had the opportunity to go on a trip on the steps of Paul. And some of you have gone on those. But uh, on the way back, we were, Brother Clapp and I, we got up and we walked back toward the middle of the jet liner. And those big jets, the middle of them, is a pretty big room there. And uh, we were standing there talking and rejoicing about what we saw and how the, we were blessed by comparing with God's Word. And while we were talking, this young man came up and he says, Are you, you men ministers? And so we got talking with him and, uh, about God and each one of us gave our testimony and I felt that same feeling come about me right then. Right in the middle of that airplane. It's a good thing that those engines make a lot of noise. But uh, that same feeling I got when I asked Dennis if he wanted to get down and pray. I said, do you want to pray right now and get saved? He said, yes. And right in the middle of that airplane... We were in three holding hands in a circle, praying out loud. Well, they couldn't hear us too well with all the noise. That was good. But uh, I know some of the crew, some of us that went on the trip, they were wondering what was going on back there. But uh, he got saved. And it was a great joy. And after that, something happened. 
We were talking about all the trip and the steps of Paul, what we saw here in Greece and Ephesus and Turkey and all these different places. And But after that, we were talking about him getting saved. And even today, that's one of the high points of the whole trip, coming back and seeing someone get saved. That's what it's all about. Christian who wins souls has special blessings, which others that don't win souls will never have. It's a joy. It'll change your life. And I encourage each and every one of you this year in 2018 to witness for the Lord. Oh, you know, salesmen, they'll go. I used to hear people used to go door to door. They, they get door slammed in their face 47 times to get one sale. And it seems like a person goes out and tries to witness and they slam the door in their face. Oh, I'm just, I, that's just not my calling. They quit. But oh, if you just get one soul and you pray with them, the Lord saves them, you'll never forget it. It'll change your life. I believe the reason why I'm serving God and have a desire to see souls saved today is what I saw happen when I was very young. Remember when Jesus went up into the clouds. Remember the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The promise of Christ's presence was given together with this command. They go together in tandem. He says, if you go out into all the world and preach the gospel, you witness to about God's salvation. I'll be with you. That's a promise. He said he would be. Do you want to have an abundant joy during 2018? I'll guarantee you, if you have a chance to pray with somebody and see them get saved, it'll change your life. So look forward to that this coming year. I know God will bless. God will bless you more than you ever imagined. I remember when I was saved how wonderful that was, but winning a soul is just equal to, if not greater. That's what God called us here to do. And He wants to do it for us today. We need to seek Him and ask God to lead. Every morning before we go out, ask God to lead us to some soul today that we can witness to them. And oh, don't, don't wait if you feel that urge there. Don't be afraid. Do you want to pray right now? It doesn't matter who hears you. We never got in trouble on that plane. But I tell you, we went back to our seats rejoicing. Now, I've gone into a lot of trips and come back to 25, 30-hour trips, and I, I was exhausted. But on that trip, I don't remember being tired by the time I got back. And it reminds me when Christ witnessed to that uh, lady at the well. He says, I have food that you know not of. And I'll assure you, if you win a soul for the Lord this, this year, you'll have food that you'll know not of. Let's stand and come down and pray.